Happy Hollis Scream, everyone! Our favorite time of the year. This is day number dive of our... <laughs> because, you know, swimming pools. <laughs> yeah, diving are into very a pool festive. of blood and eyeballs. Yeah, <laughs> diving into a pool of blood and eyeballs. <laughs> Watch out for the knife guard! <laughs> when you jump off the diving gourd... Or go uh, down the water, died. (laughs) (laughs) Nailed it. (laughs) Why are gourds scary? (laughs) They're pumpkins. G-O-R-E-D, Jake. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) That was because of like (laughs) jack-o'-lanterns. Yeah. All right, guys, we're talking about Patricia Highsmith. We were talking about the story that my mom recommended to me, actually. I had not, I had read this story. I mean, this was many years ago. It wasn't for this episode, but my mom was like, hey, you want to know the the story that I think is the scariest story I ever read? I think argue, I think maybe she found this story in a collection that I owned or something like that. And I was like, "Okay, mom." And then I read this story. It's called "When the Fleet Was in at Mobile" by Patricia Highsmith. And Patricia Highsmith alluded to her before this week, but uh, she was a pretty famous suspense writer. I think Graham Greene called her the queen of unease or disquietude or something like that. She was famous for writing the book that Strangers on the Train, the Alfred Hitchcock movie, where the two men exchange murders because they both have people they want out of their lives. And they figure if I murder your person and you murder my person, then neither one of us will go to jail because it'll be motiveless crimes and then the one guy's like actually that seems like kind of a crappy idea and the other guy's like but i already murdered your yeah. wife you know it's this movie that uh billy crystal ripped off for throw mama from a train or whatever that movie is train yeah she's also famous for writing the ripley novels of which matt damon made a popular ish version called the talented mr ripley and she has she was a very troubled woman if you can imagine that her, I, can. I mean, she had mommy and daddy issues. I think her mommy told her that she tried to abort her by drinking turpentine, um, which didn't make for a happy family atmosphere. She was a famously closeted lesbian, has kind of been owned by progressives these days. Uh, they just made a movie with, um, oh, what's her face? Gladriel, what's her name? Oh, Kate Blanchett. Kate Blanchett just did a movie based on her one overtly lesbian work called Carol a few years ago that was pretty popular. She was born in Fort Worth, Texas. Yeah. Patricia. Not too many famous writers come from Fort Worth, Texas. She's a great suspense writer. She's really good at, like if Poe is like more in the field with Hawthorne and all those guys, Highsmith is like the Hemingway of, of this sort of thing. She's very clean, very subtle, very just sort of lets you be drawn into a world where some very scary things can happen, usually based on human nature, not so much on ghouls and goblins and stuff like that. But yeah, we read arguably her best short story when the fleet was in at Mobile. Who wants to sum up this great work of genius for us? A woman is casually attempting to murder her husband and gussy herself up and walk away and sit on a bus next to a child with her head resting in the kid's head resting in her lap and go to a hotel on a park and reflecting on her life and we realize that she was in the sex industry before that and at least from her perspective was forced into it and was basically a slave while she was pulled out of it by her 
ex-husband and then she you know, <clears throat> it ends the way it ends it does end the way that it ends well what'd you guys think about <laughs> this story are we not gonna spoil the way that it ends Sure, let's do it. Yeah, we better. Well, here, let's just, uh, let's just, in case anybody wants to read it without being spoiled, should they read it? How many decapitated heads? We'll just give our mini review first in case uh, anybody out of, wants. How out many? Of, uh, thousand. Out of a thousand. You first, Nathan. Uh, I'd say it's the most effectively macabre by being realistically macabre of any of the stories we read this year. It's not scary in a fun way. It's more just like <laughs> people suck. So if you want to read a good example of that sort of thing, a thousand decapitated heads out of a thousand. I mean, if you want to read the closest thing to Flannery O'Connor's story that we read. Yes. Yeah. It is very much like James Joyce, Flannery O'Connor. If you want to read the closest thing to literature that we read. Yeah. Yeah. Then this. Okay. So there's the mini review. Now I guess we can spoil the ending. She... Gets caught by the police who say, don't worry, your husband survived. We're just here to bring you back to him. There you go. Yeah. It doesn't sound that horrifying, but when Jake says it, but we've just spent the whole story living in her head with all her fears and insecurities and how awful this. Find out that he's not such a great guy. He's not such a great guy. I mean, not like the worst husband in literature, but no. he appears to be fairly, at least emotionally, psychologically abusive. Who's the worst husband in literature? Uh, I don't know, Mr. Bennett. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna try to. I was trying to pull the guy's name from uh, the book that I can't even remember. For goodness' sake, that one. You gotta pull the book, then you can pull the guy. You know the fake Jane Austen book that we read. Oh, uh, Mr. Rochester. Yeah, that one. He oh, did yeah. keep his wife locked in a. Yeah, he yeah. might be one of the worst. <laughs> He's pretty. I mean, but hey, at least he learned how to mind meld with his second wife. So. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yep. Uh, Bluebeard. Bluebeard is the worst husband in literary history. Didn't he murder all his wives and stuff like that? Isn't yeah, it? it could be um, also What's-His-Face uh, from Heart of Darkness. <laughs> oh. She, but she was quite fond Kurtz? of him. Kurtz? Yeah. <laughs> she liked she, him, though. She liked him, yeah. Yeah. But she didn't know the truth, man. She didn't know the truth, man. And never would she, because yeah. he lied. Good job, Marlo. Something which you guys argued he should not have done. People can stand by that opinion. <laughs> well, I'm not saying you shouldn't. I'm just saying it was an interesting argument that people can go listen to in our Heart of Darkness episodes. Back to Patricia Highsmith. Yes. Yeah, I think Jake said it. She's like a, a horror Flannery O'Connor. And she's got a little bit of a mixture of like, uh, what's the what's the Joyce story where the girl is going to run away? And then at the end, her husband comes and she stops. Like she's, no, she's going to run. Yeah, she's going to leave. It's not her husband. But mm-hmm. she, does, she stops on the the walkway going up to the ship and decides not to at the last minute. Yeah. So. She's going to run off with a sailor or something yeah. like that. Yeah. Yeah. That story it's was Daisy, I think Daisy or something. Yeah. But. That story was horrifying and it's mundane. But you had that moment of paralysis at the end mm-hmm. here. You have the kind of stifled scream and her eyes behind her hands and it's mm. got this horror imagery to it, even though it's not really horror. It's just, here's this woman who has been obviously been through a hard life and kind of callous towards things. She doesn't, have much feeling when she's trying to kill this guy <laughs> she goes skipping through the red mud puddles mm-hmm. even i mean there's a little bit of like flannery o- i wonder if i wonder if she was influenced by flannery o'connor think she has to because you kind of see some of a lot of those elements like the way she describes there's there's a lot of irony behind everything mm-hmm. but not like irony in the, the way that we use it nowadays but like where everything is subtly twisted and horrific in a way that 
is not she's not using the words to describe it that way though. it's like a coen brothers type of irony yeah. like the the watcher or the reader understands things that the characters and the character in this case doesn't. yeah and there's the world doesn't seem as bad to the characters as it is mm-hmm. so yeah there's that element to it yeah it's it's good it's fine it does the job it does the job it gets an so it gets what it does is it gets an element of horror in that these other stories don't have and it's the just the like here's actual what a horror story might look like if you were trapped in one mm-hmm. an abusive relationship like this yeah, this is the only one so. where you you get done with it and you kind of think ah well people really do have to put up with that kind of we're not i don't think i'm too worried about ultimately ever killing somebody and putting them under my four boards or yeah and i mean you see this though then there are people who have had to go through this where they've had horrible pasts and then they end up with someone who finds a way to use that Gaslight horrible past them. yeah use that horrible past to be awful to them mm-hmm. you can understand why she would be so delighted to get away from a man like that who used her past as a enslaved sex worker to belittle her mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah how many bottles of chloroform out of 700 jake 600 623 i'm gonna go with one bottle of chloroform i hate this story there you go i think it's pretty sick i don't know why we read it um, I don't know why disc- anybody would want to dwell on these things. You're disgusted that we would even enjoy it. Disgusted, disappointed, and sad for the state of humanity. Well, that's what you say I make you feel about humanity all the time anyways, Nathan. So. <laughs> exactly. I <laughs> know. <laughs> uh, Patricia Eismith's a good writer, and I, I recommend her short fiction to anybody who enjoys suspense or... Do you recommend the Ripley stories? No. I don't recommend the Ripley stories because they're really good. They're really well written, but... Ripley is an, it's a compelling portrait of an amoral man. I mean, Ripley just kills and gets away with it. And that's what gives the story and doesn't feel bad about it. That's what makes the stories interesting, but it's also what makes them, I, I, I think you, I can stomach the idea of somebody reading a short story of like, like that and living there for a little while, but you don't want to live there for a whole novel or five of them. I think there are. The Strangers on the Train is good and her short fiction is good. There's a story about called the Terrapin, about a battle between a boy and his mother over a pet turtle. Some bad things happen to that turtle, and then some bad things happen to the mother. There's a there's a story called I forget what it's called about a man that gets eaten by slugs. If you just like reading, I think it was ants. It was Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal. Yeah, Skull. there's that famous Patricia Highsmith novel, Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Soul. Good stuff. Good stuff. If you like the kind of Hitchcock sort of stuff, then she does that. Imagine Hitchcock combined with Flannery O'Connor, and I think you have her. There you go. All right, well. I'm imagining it. What have we learned this Halloween, gentlemen? Uh, f- I don't know if I've learned anything. <laughs> <laughs> I've read some stories. <laughs> you you learned that, uh, what's his face, is Gene Wolfe is the guy that you. Yeah, I learned that. You consider reading. Gene Wolfe is a guy I should consider reading. Yeah, if people have uh, one takeaway from this week, I'd say uh, Gene Wolfe is a pretty fantastic writer of speculative fiction and just yes. fiction in general. Um, so there you go. I, I did learn something. There you go. I learned that billboards are out to consume my um, psychic soul. Mm-hmm. And didn't didn't care about that at all. thought that was a trait and... I'm already dead inside. (laughs) Yeah, well, yeah, that is true. It is important to note that Brandon's already dead inside. I think it colors his appreciation of these stories. And on the outside, he's a zombie. Yeah. Actually, (laughs) yeah, zombie Brandon. Yeah. 
My heart has been in cased in resin. Mm-hmm. Your heart, huh? My heart, not my brain. My brain. My heart. Your heart will go on. But it will go on. That's what I said. When Jack, I, this is where we first met. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. It's not Christmas, y'all. John, it's not one Christmas. of your French ladies, Nathan. <laughs> what? Nothing. <laughs> <laughs>